Hello and welcome to Talking Tent, a podcast about movies, TV, and all the content we can possibly consume. I'm Zach. And I'm Irma. We are a married couple whose shared love of movies and TV cannot be contained. We've decided to share our thoughts, opinions, cheers, and occasional jeers with the world. I usually end the episodes asking for reviews or sharing or emails or tweets, but I'm going to say it up top because I'm not sure anybody gets all the way to the end. But if you've been listening to us, feel free to pause this episode, maybe retweet the tweet that I sent, send a review, tell a friend about this wonderful new podcast with these glorious hosts, Zach and Irma, about talking all the TV and movies you can possibly ever even imagine. Uh, and uh, in a marital bliss moment that we're just going to keep a regular section, I think, to start off this weekend, a big, big weekend. I think we're still recovering. Two of our best good friends got married this weekend, so a lot of friends were in town. And then it just so happened that actually the groom's favorite band in the whole wide world, Blink-182, was playing Madison Square Garden the night before. So we had two pretty big nights with friends. Blink was very good. Surprisingly very good. Yeah. They sounded good. It was just it was just a fantastic time. Well, the box helped. The box definitely <laughs> helped. We had a luxury box connection through another friend. Thank you very much. Um, and so, you know, we had food. We had a little private toilet. Funny thing about the toilet, when we first got there, it was completely out of commission. Uh, yeah, somebody gross. somebody had bloated up. Uh, they but were they, pissed about our box. <laughs> yeah, they got it fixed and it was all okay. Um, but I had a great time. My neck was sore the next morning from from head banging so hard. Uh, but they played all the hits. And again, they, they sounded shockingly good. Yeah. Of- sure. Yes, it was great. Uh, and then the next night we had we celebrated with all of our friends, with the happy couple. We danced the night away, drank a bunch of fancy beers. Uh, I had an- another wonderful time. There were so many people, so much mingling. A lot of friends came to the Blink-182 show and then a lot more friends went to the wedding. And yeah, it was just a great, I've never gone out like that two nights in a row. Yeah, well, not it recently. Was too much. It was a nice Wednesday, throwback. Wednesday, we literally didn't move. Sunday? Sunday. <laughs> so she's still full blunge she yeah. forgot. She mixed up Wednesdays with Sundays. And now on to some hot goss industry talk. So we'd been talking about HBO Max switching to just Max. Uh, if you hadn't seen any of the commercials or such, I don't know where you've been, but the launch was today. And for us, at least, it was shockingly seamless. Well, you had to download the new app. Well, I had to download the new app, but it was there. It was already signed in. I didn't have to. I even yesterday even looked up my password to make sure that I knew it because I figured, oh, I'm going to have to sign in and it better still work. Everything just updated and everything was there. Yeah, um, all our continue watching was there. Well, some of the shows didn't continue, which is odd. One of the ones that was a straggler, which I was hoping would disappear, did disappear. Uh, but then there's... Um, <laughs> what if I start watching it again? So then it'll come back. Uh, but White House Plumbers it was... I'm sure it knows we're on episode three, but it wasn't in continue watching, which is a little strange. Yeah, was somebody somewhere there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also a fun thing that I, I think I talked about 
in the anticipated shows of the year in January, but then must have missed in May, was that Clone High came back with the launch. So Clone High was out now, and so is the second Shazam. Uh, mm. So those were kind of a few of their launch titles, even though it was, whatever, a relaunch. Yeah, we'll have to watch that Shazam and report back. Yeah, apparently it's terrible. I know. Um, the only thing I don't love about the new Max is the color scheme. I have to say, I loved the HBO color scheme, like the purple ombre to the black. I thought that was like really nice. And this like bright blue is just horrendous. Stealing Paramount's thunder. I just really hate it. But doing it better. They seem to also fix a few of the UI issues like HBO Max. They didn't do, you know, when you when you finish the episode on like Hulu or Netflix, it, it kind of understands you're done, even though the, the credits aren't over and it minimizes it and it shows you what's next. HBO, you'd often just have to watch it through to the end to make sure the program knew you watched the whole thing. Seems they fixed that. I think that's that. true. I think that was just something you do. No, sometimes it did. It would, I would click mm -hmm. back and then it'd be like, oh, continue watching this episode when there was like three minutes left. Yeah, but I think you could just go to the next episode. Well, I don't like that. I like it to understand mm. and go to the next one. And Cannes is happening in our old stomping grounds, France. Yeah, it's my joke. Yeah. <laughs> we left and all the celebrities came, even though they're much further south than we were. Uh, just the Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, is the biggest thing to premiere there. And apparently it got rapturous applause and reactions. Uh, I saw a headline calling it top tier Scorsese. So that's exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Asteroid City, positive reviews also. The trailers have been leaking out. So we've seen the trailer in movie theaters a few times. And it looks really good. Yeah, it looks cool. I think it's like back to his old like whimsy style. Yeah, the French Dispatch I didn't love. I just found it odd. Splitting it up into like the three stories is fine. But then a lot of it being in black and white, I feel like takes away from a lot of what Wes Anderson does. Yeah. So it, it kind of muted the whole thing. Um, but this one kind of almost, Asteroid City kind of looks like his ode to a more Spiel, Spielberg-esque. Like this is kind of his childhood whimsy with aliens and such. It, it looks it looks very good. Yeah. I'm excited. And it. it has a stacked cast. So Yeah, ridiculous yeah. cast. Definitely excited to see that. Uh, Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny also premiered there, apparently, to lukewarm reaction. I think good. Everyone likes seeing all the people there, um, but but we'll see. We'll see what I don't know. Well, is that the really the right crowd to, like, Yeah. I don't know, premiere that at? Like, it just feels weird. And then the only other thing I've seen is The Idol, which is The Weeknd and Sam Levinson's show premiered, I believe, the first two episodes at Cannes. And I think it's going to be a wildly polarizing show. It, I, I saw a headline calling it disgusting. Mm. And then I saw a headline calling it revolutionary. Um, it seems to be that everybody is agreeing that Lily Rose Depp is fantastic. Uh, so maybe Levinson is able to take these young stars, Zendaya and her, and make them really shine. Uh, so we'll see about the rest of the show. And then the big premiere, which we'll actually be talking about next week, was Fast X, the 10th installment in the Fast and Furious franchise, started in 2001, 22 years later. Crazy that uh, Vin Diesel and the gang are still going, but it seems to be um, slowing, let's say, 
the box office, I believe the projections were around 60, which is low. Uh, it hit 67, so they can celebrate as celebrate it as a success. But I mean, it's way under any of the previous fasts or any of the recent previous fasts, uh, especially since seven. I mean, that was the big one, and then they've kind of just been declining since then. The reviews are the reviews for this one are actually bad. I feel mm-hmm. like the last few, so eight and nine, like have been okay, but people understood it's nothing great. But this one has been like actually disappointment, which we're going to see it uh, tomorrow. So we'll see. But my expectations are sufficiently lowered a bit to, uh, so I can be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Mine are not. Mine are still pretty high. You're still excited. Yeah, I'm still excited. To drive down the dam. You think, be, be damned with the critics. The normies still love well, it. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not probably Van, uh, Vin's only move in the in the movie. I bet there's going to be a lot of crazy shit, and I oh, don't yeah. care. Like, I want to see crazy shit when I go see this movie. Yeah, I'm sure it'll still be very fun. Yeah. All right, let's get cozy on the couch, which is actually all we're doing this week, and talk about some TV. And we will start on the lighter side before we get into some, some dark shows. So we're going to talk about Queer Eye, the end of 100-foot wave, uh, a little bit on Ted Lasso. We finished the second season of Perry Mason, so we'll touch on that. And then Penultimania was the penultimate episode of Yellow Jackets, the penultimate episode of Barry, and the penultimate episode of Succession. But I don't think we're going as deep on Succession this time because we went, we've been going so deep and these episodes have gotten way too long. We're going to blast through some of this TV, starting with a fun time with the Fab Five and Queer Eye. It came out on Friday. I didn't think we were going to watch that much of it this fast, but sometimes you get tired and you don't want to watch something so serious, like, oh, I have to pay attention to this, and I have to think about the story, and ooh, I'm getting depressed. These girls are going to kill each other. So we put off Yellow Jackets a little bit, and we turned on the Fab Five, and uh, it still really works. Yeah, it's delightful. They're all amazing. They all have like, obviously their specialties and they're all just really great at all of them. And I just love seeing what they come up with and what they do. And I think they've definitely all gotten better over the uh, over the years and over the seasons. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, I know Karamo is the guy who helps with like mental health and like just in general happiness and tries to help you like move forward. But they all kind of do that at this point, which I kind of love. Like, they all have their own perspectives. And I don't know. Yeah, I just it really works. And yeah, like Zach was saying, after like an episode of Perry Mason, I'm like, ah, can we just put on Queer Eye just before I go to bed? <laughs> like, I need something like a palate cleanser. I just need, I don't know, to get the bad vibes out. Yeah, even though it's become fairly formulaic, although I mean, it started formulaic, you know, it's all going to be fine. Some of it... Sometimes I wonder what's really getting through. It's very sugar-coated, um, which is fine. That's kind of the point. Uh, but yeah, I was actually saying, I think we've talked about it in the past, how I was making fun of Anthony. And I think kind of he's the, he's the joke often. It's like, you know, Bobby is rebuilding an entire home and Anthony is making guacamole is like the, the <laughs> famous line from somebody. Um, but Anthony has kind of become my favorite of the five of them. He just seems the most genuine and normal and real where some of the other stuff just feels so forced and rehearsed almost. And I like, disagree. I don't know. 
But Anthony just seems like he's just a nice boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's got great arms. Oh, yeah, very handsome, of course. And next, I just want to hit on a 100-foot wave. The season just came to an end. It's only six episodes. Um, I love that it um, all the ca- main characters, quote-unquote, ended mostly on a good note. They all ended on like something positive happening to them. Like I think Cotty plays third at some competition. Tony, who's the uh, Portuguese surfer, won a competition in Spain. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Garrett seems happy in his just role as a dad. And I don't know. So it was definitely like a really nice way to end the season. But I think they showed in one of the episodes, they went to Jaws, which is in Hawaii. And then they showed a couple scenes of like maybe Cotty in Ireland and then Tony in Spain. And I really kind of wish that they like would travel more, go around the world and show these other um, spots that have these really big waves. I feel like we spend so much time at Nazare and the first season, yes, it was mind blowing. And now I think we've settled into Nazare and now I just want to see what else is out there. I don't know. It's just it's getting a bit. not mundane, because I just feel like that's not the right word. But I don't know. I just want to see like the marvel of like what else is out there and these people surfing these waves. And I don't know. I do find it really amazing. The filmmaking is stunning. Just all the people are so kind. And yeah, I just I can't wait to see like what they do next year, especially because it seems like each season is maybe like over a year or maybe over two years. So I don't know. They just kind of ended with the with the um, pandemic. So, yeah, I'm just curious to see what next season holds. I hope they get a next season, too. So we'll see. You've become desensitized to the marvel of a hundred foot freaking wave. Amazing. A hundred wave? What? A hundred foot wave. Oh. The, the marvel of it has lost its luster after two seasons. Yeah, I just want to see what other type of waves are out there. I mean, the Jaws one was terrifying. And that definitely doesn't get to be like that high, but it's powerful and it's scary. It sounds like this is your gateway into becoming just a surfing aficionado. Yeah, I'm going to become a pro surfer. Without ever actually surfing. You're going to be super into the scene. Yeah, soon I'm going to move to L.A. We'll have a long-distance relationship. Oh, no. And continuing the the feel-goodness going, Ted Lasso is almost over, so it's not quite the penultimate episode. That will actually be tomorrow. Um, But we're through episode 10, and they're just uh, setting a few things up, but it doesn't feel as final as it probably could. I definitely was complaining about it a little bit in the early season, like that it lost its heart a little bit. It was a little bit too much about football. Um, The characters were like, all right. But I think it's come around in, in the last few episodes. It's all very generic. You know, it's not, it's not breaking any boundaries. Even they did in episode nine, they had the, the one player come out as gay and it's a very nice moment that's you can always when you're watching it you're just ready for it to be nice and everything works out so that's what it's kind of nice knowing that like all right you know nobody's gonna beat him up 
You know, he's not going to end up bloody on the sidewalk for being gay. They're going to add drama by having this guy be mad at him for not telling them. Um, but then everything's going to be totally fine. But it still works. It still got me teary-eyed. Uh, they had one guy beat up a fan for it. That was nice because that fan is a jerk. Um, and then they've also laid the groundwork for Roy to take over as the coach. So Ted has more and more shown signs of like he's definitely moving back to the U.S. Probably after the season of soccer, of course, after the season of television, it's over. Um, but now they're really building up Roy's ability to be a leader, be in the public eye, uh, do the press conferences. Uh, what he said in reaction to the, that player going into the stands, I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I thought that was actually a really great moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, so when they do it good, they do it good. You yeah. just know it's going to be good. Um, but yeah, just think like a message about not knowing what's going on in people's lives and not judging them because of one mistake, uh, which I, I think is fair. It's hard to do, but I, I think it's fair. Um, and then they had another one. The next, the next episode was the international break. Uh, they had more stuff about Sam not making the Nigerian team and kind of silly about like the, that, um, actually Sam Richardson, I forget his name in, in the show, but him like blocking him, blocking him from being on the Nigerian team, a little silly. Um, but then they also referenced the super league, which was real. Um, so they, I guess they want to hit some real soccer things of getting all of the major sports, all of the major football clubs in one league. Um, and, you know, potentially just destroying the EPL and League One and all of that uh, by taking Man City and Man U and Arsenal out and uh, Madrid, uh, Barcelona, all into one league. Uh, so I don't know where that's going in real life. I think it's also kind of squashed. So everyone was pretty mad about it, but they addressed it in this. Um, and then we and then got, of course, yeah, Rebecca has her big moment of like, no, this is what people like get up in the morning for. Like, you can't take that away from them. I mean, it's all like so idealized. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. But, you know, yeah, again, it's it's always going to work out. It's yeah. a really nice speech, but parts of it are true. I mean, sports. No, it is true. And sports yeah. fandom is like so huge in, in my life and lots of people's lives. Um, you know what? One day I'm going to see a championship from one of my teams and I'm going to cry. And that sounds weird, but it's definitely going to be true. So, you know, what she said is definitely true. And I, you know, I'd be pissed if they moved the Knicks or whoever or some, you know, just like ruin the NBA in certain ways. All in all, though, it's a really great show. I enjoy watching it. Um, definitely going to be sad when it's over, but. Yeah, I think it's definitely run its course. Like, I don't really think there's much they can do after. Yeah. After this. The writing was definitely on the wall of like, all right, there's not much else we can say with the show. That's just, that's just end it. And everybody can be happy with three seasons of delightful television. And we were a little late on catching up with season two of Perry Mason on HBO Max. I don't know. Do we call it HBO or is it Max original now? I don't know. No, it's an HBO. Yeah, because that was actually an yeah. HBO show. And the second season was very good. Yeah, the first it was season great. was good. The first season was maybe a little more fun. Uh, Tatiana uh, Mislani was like, you know, it was a little bit larger than life, although I guess it was about a dead baby. Yeah, it's definitely not more fun. <laughs> I, guess not I don't more think fun. this is a sh fun show. Right, fun is a bad very word. Dark. A little more showy and dramatic. You know, because like 
all of the all of the characters were a bit more mm. in every like every sense of the word. Um, but this season brought in a lot more. It was much more political with racism. Yeah. Um. In in uh, what is it the thirties? Something 40s? like that. Well, it's during Prohibition, I believe. No. I think it's after Prohibition. After. Okay. Somewhere back then. <laughs> um, but basically it's, you know, rich white people. Things happen and um, two Mexican boys are accused of a murder. And then Perry Mason has to defend them. Uh, and at first it seems like it's just in, you know, another Perry Mason gets on his high horse and defends the sanctity of good in this corrupt nation, in this corrupt world that they live around. And it kind of, it waffles from that, which I think is interesting. It shows the dark underbelly. It's 1933, sorry. That's when it takes place. Ah, uh, so like Depression era. Yeah. Post, post World War One, post-Prohibition. Yeah. Or like right during it. Um, and then, you know, then Perry kind of has to question a lot of the things, a lot of his morals and such. Um, but it's, it's good. It's, it's like a good noir. There's really... Not any of them that I can think of. Yeah. And I definitely think it's, um, I mean, obviously it's a TV show, but I think the way, because it's uh, like a courtroom drama mostly. It's procedural. Yeah, procedural, um, courtroom drama. Um, and I think like the outcome of the case is pretty like realistic and fair in a way. Like, I don't think either season has ended happy or like... Um, good i don't know how to explain it but like what should happen has happened you know and i think that's kind of what i like about it like you're always like ah how is perry gonna figure this out and get them off and then like you kind of start realizing as the show is happening and each episode you're like oh no like this is not what we think it is you know and i kind of love that it's also like like a murder mystery you know trying to figure out the pieces because obviously you're not gonna these people aren't gonna tell what happened you know what I mean you if you just would have said we could have avoided a lot of uh time but no I actually I, I really enjoy it yeah it's not Irma was saying it's not like an idealized uh like a you know a law and order situation even yeah there's when, no like big speech yeah, big, I mean yeah. there is a big speech but they never like Ah, uh, big speech, and yeah. then they get off. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a well, big speech, and here's what actually happened. Yeah, it reminds me of one uh, an author that we both really like. Tana French is an Irish police procedural author, uh, and it's just like her books are very realistic. Yeah, and that's what this feels like, even though it's from almost a hundred years ago. Uh, but it feels oh, real, geez. and then it's built in. <laughs> The characters are what's really important, not just like yeah. who wins or loses the case. Absolutely. So that was our bridge to a little darkness. Now let's get even darker. But I wish it was actually even darker with Yellow Jackets. We haven't talked about it in a few weeks. We are now up to the penultimate episode. Apparently there's only nine episodes this season. Uh, eight have aired and we've watched them all. Yeah. Well, I think most recently we watched six, seven, and eight. We watched three episodes um, since we've been back. Um, and it is pretty brutal. And I think the main takeaway for me 
is that half the time I don't really know what I'm watching is real. And I think they show pretty quickly, at least within the episode, what was just an imagination and what is real. Um, And these girls, even these adults, they're kind of just like all a bit delusional and all a bit losing their minds. And I don't know. I do find it really interesting. I'm happy um, in these past episodes, the adult women have all kind of gotten back together. They're in the same spot which was really needed. I think the adult storyline really lagged at the beginning of this season. And now that they're all like kind of back together with Lottie. um, Yeah, it's kind of given it more momentum. Yeah, I have mixed thoughts on this show and it's hard for me to articulate them. This show is very much my vibe. It's horror and brutality and violence, and, you know, depression, which I like a lot. So for some reason, I really like movies and shows that are about that. And what I keep coming back to with this show is it's not going far enough. Like these, the scenes that are brutal are really brutal, but then the scenes that are not are kind of so mundane that when it gets brutal, it feels odd. And it keeps happening. And every time I've talked about this, it's been like the same thing. Like, I really like it, but I just wish it had a bigger emotional impact on me. Even though, it, I mean, it does. When it gets brutal, I feel the tense, the tension. But for some reason, I'm also thinking about like, man, I, I wish I would be feeling the tension more. Well, it's with the younger versions I feel way more tense and way more emotionally connected to them than I do the adults like I still don't love the adults even though like Christina Ricci is in a field of her own like she is just purely amazing and everything she does and I truly see um what character does she play Misty. Misty like I truly see how that younger version of Misty grows up to be Christina Ricci the others it's all a bit a little disjointed for me. I mean, Shauna, they're really trying to like hone in on her losing the baby. So that's why she's always kind of pushed Jeff and her daughter like away. Cause she doesn't know if like her daughter is going to die or if she's going to like lose them. So she's like, oh, I might as well just be disconnected from them. And I guess I kind of explained it, but like, it's still, she just doesn't feel like Shauna is so fierce I mean, she's like brutal. She's angry as a child and it makes sense. But then for her to grow up and be Shauna, I just I feel so disconnected. And they also kind of try and explain it when they're all together saying, like, do you even like remember what happened out there? And it feels like maybe like their minds have like forced them to forget the things that they've been through. So maybe that's kind of why they're so different. But I don't know. And it doesn't even feel like they've gotten the amount of therapy they needed when they got back so I just don't understand how they're all functioning really I mean I know it was like 20 years ago but it's still just I don't know there's something off about it I agree and I've been wondering specifically about Shauna after you you specifically said I think it was probably in the middle of episode six or seven especially when they showed what happened with the baby and how angry she was and yes they've had 20 years to process this. So sure, 
Like, I guess she can be a fairly milk toast, lighty, like housewife. Yeah. And aloof. I don't know. Yeah. But it does feel odd. And it got me wondering if Melanie Linsky was a bad choice. I like Melanie Linsky a lot. But like, I don't I know. Maybe you're right. Gentle. I don't know. Yeah. Like, e- like, even when she's mad. And like even when she was taking the gun from that guy that was trying to steal their car or something, and like she becomes fierce Shauna. I'm not. I don't buy it. Yeah, it feels off. And that I don't know. I I I think she's capable. She's a very good actress. I like her in everything she is. I yeah. There's just something off between what we're seeing as the girls and then what we're seeing as the adults. And we've said this a bunch of times. I'm not positive. They should have ever showed the adults. Yeah. Like the the tension of the card pulling scene. It was so good. Yeah. And well, we don't have to get super specific just in case you haven't watched it. Um, but like you know so much about the future that yeah, it was tense. And I was surprised by what happened, but then I wasn't surprised because I know. Who's alive and who's not? Exactly. And for the most part, we know for who's the most alive. Part, like maybe there's one or two more that they'll show, like what yeah. they did with Van this season. Yeah. And like they'll explore. Like, there's only so right and Lottie. There's only so much they could keep adding to the the adult storyline. Yeah, it's just it's an odd one. I am very intrigued by it, and I hope the next episode really catches me with something. And I'm in. I'll definitely watch it. I think it's a little crazy that they're saying they have five seasons. That feels like yeah. a lot. And like even this feels a little stretched. Well, also, okay, so let's think about it. Shauna was how many, maybe a month pregnant yeah. when they crashed. And then she had the baby. So that's nine months. Yeah. So they're it's only like seven in, or eight. They're only in the wilderness for a year and a half, yeah, a year 18 and a half, months. So that's halfway. And they're only just starting to do this eat people thing now. <laughs> oh, yeah, this eat people thing. Well, I'm yeah. just saying. So they're going to be there for like this winter, a summer, and then probably another like partial winter. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it could be interesting because technically in the summer, they should be a little bit better. Yeah. Well, right? they should so be able maybe to like- season three will be a little boring because things will be all right. Yeah, and then it know. really gets bad the well, next winter. I guess so. The whole synopsis, maybe I shouldn't tell you this about yellow jacks. Yellow jackets is um, warring clans of cannibals. Yeah, I guess they have hinted at that. Not even hinted at it. Pretty much showed it to us straight on the face uh, that Lottie has her disciples, and I guess Nat is the one that doesn't quite buy into it and then also with how it the, this last episode ends i imagine uh nat's not going to be able to take it very well uh but then also we see them as adults and they're totally fine <laughs> so that part like really connected, yeah. It. yeah like she i mean she was mad at her but then it was like yeah okay like we're yeah. totally all right it really just takes away from the from how brutal the younger storyline could really get. I just wish they would make it a little, I think the tone is a little off too. 
Yeah, when they switch back and forth, the tone yeah, is, is, jar- is jarring for sure. They switch back and forth way too fast. And then, like, it's just too nice most of the time. Like, I should feel, I feel so much worse watching Succession mm. than I do watching a story about girls eating each other. Yeah. And that feels odd. So we only have one more episode. Yeah. Okay. Of this season. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, we saw Coach Ben finding something. So I'm definitely curious to get more into that. Well, that was just where Javi lived. So he was like eating rats and stuff. There was little bones. We'll Uh, see though. I mean, there could be people there. There's others. Yeah, he said a woman. What? He said she didn't want me to come back. Who said that? Javi said that to Ben the one time he spoke. He said she told me not to come back. Yeah. So there's others. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lost. It's lost. I'm intrigued, though. I'm so intrigued. I kind of just wish the season was slightly shorter. I don't feel like it needs to be like nine episodes, maybe eight episodes. I don't know. I know that's just one episode shorter, but hey, yeah. it makes a difference. Yeah, that's all that can matter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to see what happens, but I'm prepared to be a little disappointed. Now on to your favorite show. I don't think it's my favorite show, but it's very good. I think the consensus of Barry is slightly higher than even I, I think of it. And yes. Way people, higher than you don't even like it that much. I don't people think. love the show. Yeah. It's it's tough for me. I don't know. I just don't think I like anyone except for Noho Hank. He's the only one where I'm like, where is he? What's happening to him? Make sure he's OK, even though he's obviously a bad person. But I don't know everyone else. And like there are funny po- moments and lines that like everyone has. But then sometimes I'm just like, OK, I, I just can't do this. Yeah, well, I think not liking people is is the point. I know, I know. I know that's the point, and that's similar, hard for me. Similar again to Succession. You don't like, we. nobody likes any of those people. Ah, but we do. But that's do. the thing. Um, I mean, yeah. that doesn't say, that doesn't bode well for us, but right, it's just because they're so well written. And not that this isn't, and I think a lot, a lot of things in Barry are super clever. And they're yeah. obviously smart, and the writers are obvious. They're towing such a difficult line. And that's this actually, I wanted to mention one thing about Yellow Jackets also. What they're trying to do is really, really hard. Horror shows extending anything that's supposed to be horrible for this long is really hard to do because it becomes like Urba is to 100, foot sw- 100 feet waves. We be, I don't know. Like Irma, like Irma is with me, like, oh, the biggest wave in the entire world is getting boring to look at. It's like, <laughs> not what he said <laughs> at all. You're putting words in my mouth. Also, very quickly happens to things like a bunch of girls eating each other. You I know, just like, need, I need things to compare it to. That's right, all no, I'm saying. No, yeah, I'm, I'm I'd saying like to that. to see it, other waves. <laughs> it's, right, that's totally fair. Sometimes you got to change up the scenery. Um, and then also what Barry's doing is towing this line between a comedy because it is really funny. It is. Yeah, it's funny. And then also Breaking Bad, which is not funny and was so tense and was so horrible at times. Well, that was another show that it was kind of like, all right, we're putting on Breaking Bad. At least for me, I know that's like yeah. a bad take. 
but it was hard to watch at times. And I was like, I would dread it sometimes because I'm like, oh, I just don't want to be in this world, this vibe. It's tough. Yeah. And they do a good job towing that line. They use NoHo and Fuchs as kind of like, that's the comedy at this point because the Barry storyline is. No, and I think uh, what's his, um, Mr. Cousineau, his whole thing is just a joke. Yeah. That's a satire. Um, And I also think just one more thing, having it be a half hour is amazing. I just wish more shows would do this. I mean, I know like having it be a comedy makes it feel like, oh, you can get away with a half hour, but this is a drama and it's a half hour and I think it's perfect. Yeah. Like we've said a few times this year that Ted Lasso is too long now. This last episode was over an hour. Yeah. I mean, again, we said it was delightful, but it used to be like 35, 40 minutes max, like what, what Barry is. But yeah, there's just a lot of interesting things happening. I think he was very smart to end it now. I think they even could have crammed a bunch of this into last season. No, but there's I enough. Mean, there's definitely enough that it's I don't like feel three like seasons. I mean, what are they going to do? Two well, no, seasons? This is four. Oh, yeah. There's they've definitely at first in the beginning of the season. I was like, what are we going to do for these eight episodes to get us to a finale that I feel good about? I think they've done that. That I feel like you're. Yeah, you're right. We couldn't have crammed all this in. It would have felt super rushed. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. No, it's it's great. It's just, yeah, sometimes it's, yeah, it's a little tough. But like I said, no ho. <laughs> yeah, do we want to get a little more specific? Up to you. Sure. So we've gone, if you haven't watched up to, well, we're going to go through a little bit of the episodes, but if you haven't caught up, uh, I guess, catch up and then come back. The last time I believe we talked about Barry was when he was in jail. And episode five, he escapes from prison and they don't show Barry really at all, which I thought was pretty cool. Like they definitely could have shown him escaping and getting out, you know, being on the run in the woods. And I think Bill Hader actually said they had that and took it out. Like they had, you know, your classic getting over a fence, running through the woods, getting into a car, you know, whatever, you know, your what they always show. And they didn't show any of that. He's actually not in the episode until the last second. Um, And then they just show all the different places that he could end up. And so that was pretty tense. Yeah, I liked that. They established Sally kind of taking over for Kusino, but also being like really bored with life. And I think Sally is a Sally is the most interesting character because she seems like she's She's never happy. She's always looking for happiness and trying to do the next thing to make her happy. Then she makes decisions thinking that that's the right answer, only to find out that she's just as unhappy. So at the end of this episode, Barry comes to her and she says, that's what, like, essentially they're going to run away together. Like Sally accepts him back into her life. And then there's a massive time jump. Well, I think she does that. Because, like, I mean, she killed someone last season. And I think she's, like, scared that the cops are going to come after her. And I think she knows that, like, with Barry, she is safe. 
And that's all I think she's ever really wanted is kind of to be taken care of. And I just think like she's accepting this to get away from everything, to get away from her old life. Yeah, yeah I, I think she's also just wildly bored. Like she she lashes out at her students and she takes care of this actress that's better looking than her in you know, the, the classical sense. And that woman is getting all the success, but she can't act. And so Sally's trying to help her act. And like, she just feels worthless. And she just yeah, figures, I, let's just get out of this. I don't think bored is the correct word. I think she's just, yeah. Like, this isn't working for me anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I think bored is a very good word because it keeps going. Like, then they jump eight years and they've had a son. They live somewhere in farmland in the middle of nowhere, Barry has become, for some reason, very religious. And Sally is just as bored with her life. Like, she just does nothing. Well, she's she has unhappy. Nothing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think this is what she thought life with Barry was maybe going to be like. But at the same time, like, this is safe. She's hiding. She doesn't want to get caught. I don't know. I think it makes sense. Yeah, but I don't, part of me thinks, like, she, she doesn't like safe. She wants to like safe, but she doesn't like safe and she doesn't like her life and would almost now, like, again, she was trying to find something to give her purpose or meaning and she still can't. It's like, now what? Like, it feels like no matter what, she's just unhappy. And we catch up with Noho Hank, who had in the previous episode, Crystal Ball was killed. And then we find out that Noho basically took this sand idea. And has a massive corporation that she that he calls Noho Ball, and he has a statue of Crystal Ball, uh, and he's still hilarious. Yeah, I love seeing him as like a boss. And then he reconnects with Fuchs, and Fuchs calls about on Crystal uh, getting Crystal Ball killed, and then that sets him off. And now Noho and Fuchs are feuding, which is again like that's really where they put all of the humor like these ridiculous he shoots a rocket at the house it reminded me of of like wily e. coyote and the and the roadrunner just like this ridiculous war between two factions that are completely out of their depth and then what brings barry back is apparently there was talks about turning the kusano and um, his girlfriend, who was murdered, and Barry Berkman as a whole into a movie. And Cousineau comes out of hiding to, at first, it seems like he's going to consult on it. Then he flipped saying he wants to stop it because he wants to respect the woman and the woman that he loved and not get her story out. And then he immediately flips once an idea is pitched to him. Uh, like Irma said, that he, he's just like this farcical narcissist. That will, you know, he try he, for like a second, he thinks about doing something good. And then once somebody strokes his ego, it's like Daniel Day-Lewis is going to play you. He's all the way in. He's, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis is going to come out of retirement yeah. to play you. And he thinks like, oh, obviously he would want to play me. Yeah. So, so Barry leaves there wherever they are in hiding to... He's going to kill Kusino because he thinks that they're going to make the movie. And that's just going to shine a light 
on Barry and he's going to get all found out and their little hiding, their nine years of hiding is going to be all blown up. They have a kid, which the kid, the kid is always a tough one when there's three episodes of television left. And now we have to accept that he cares about his son, even though of course he does, but to just throw a son into episode six and then have seven end with Barry having to save this son's life essentially is like not as emotionally taxing as it potentially should be because the son didn't exist and then it just did. So then Barry goes to Cousineau's house and he is, but one clever thing, like what I mentioned, he's been, he's become religious for some reason. I guess he's trying to find absolution with his actions of the past. And he listens to a podcast specifically uh, hosted by Pastor Pat. And he's listening on his way to go potentially kill Cousineau. And Pastor Pat is talking about how murder is the ultimate sin. And there's no way around it. And he listens to another podcast of, of, of that same guy about all these sins. And then what they don't actually show, but you can hear, is that he finds a different religious podcast. And it's, hoping, it's hosted by Bill Burr, Pastor Nick. And Pastor Nick gives Barry an excuse saying, you know, murder can be okay as long as it's for the right reasons. And that's all he needs to hear. Yeah, he immediately shuts it off yeah, after he, goes, yep, he says that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, it's just funny that it's a, like a nice thing about they don't actually show him switching podcasts. You wouldn't even, I mean, you, you know because you know Bill Burr's voice. But like they don't even, it's just, he switched podcasts because he wasn't happy with what the other guy was saying. But they don't really make that obvious, which is a nice little quirk that you got to pick up on. Uh, and then he goes to the door and gets abducted by that cop guy, the the woman that Barry killed's father. And then there's a whole interrogation and a VR, VR torture, and he's all drugged up. But then he also gets out of that, which I thought was kind of odd. Well, no, because he talks about the $250,000 right. and um, what's his name? The The dad? Jim Moss. He finds, about, uh, finds out about the money that Cousineau, that Barry gave Cousineau. Now he thinks that Cousineau was involved in the murder of his right. daughter, even though he wasn't. Right. Uh, so, so that's why he wasn't there. And, he, right, that's, yeah. and he's the one who tricks Cousineau into thinking Daniel Day-Lewis is going to play him in a movie to lure him, I guess, to a hotel. Um, and that's kind of where episode seven leaves off, at least with Cousineau's story. Yeah, and then Noho Hank, because Cousineau was so convinced that he was now making a movie starring Daniel Day-Lewis and Mark Wahlberg, Sally calls him for help, and he abandons her. So then Sally is alone at Cousineau's house, and Noho Hank's people abduct Sally and the son. And so now Noho Hank calls Barry. Now Barry has to go save his family. And I assume Barry will save his family, potentially kill everybody, and Kusano will go to jail for that woman's, his, the woman's murder because he is so narcissistic and dumb. That yes. he will not be able to get out of this situation. I think Noho Hank has taken Sally and his son to lure Barry 
to get him to kill Fuchs True. for him, and then he'll let his family go, but probably not. That's then he'll also true. have to kill Noho Hank and all of them. Well, what I did write down is uh, Noho Hank spinoff, and the more I think about it, the, there's no way they could do it, just because it would have to be a completely different show. Yeah. Like, it would just have to be such, it would have to be just comedy, and because, like, even the Barry storyline is harder to watch often, it's really, like, there is really nothing without Bally, Barry, Sally, and Kusano. Yeah. You know, Noho Hank makes some goofs. But uh, boy, he is just so funny. The heads in the boxes. The, it's just all of his little mannerisms. It's like everything he does is so funny. It's yeah. so wild that they found this guy. And he's so good. I know. He's great. So another penultimate episode to the end of this is this is the end of the end. Series finale. We'll see what happens next week is a is a big one at first i had down that we were just going to talk about fast x and little mermaid which we're seeing tomorrow and friday and then i remembered that it's going to be the barry season finale the yellow jacket season finale the succession season finale series finale for barry and succession and our all June- on Memorial Day weekend or over Memorial Day weekend? I think so, unless they're skipping a week, but I doubt it because there's so much content for them to blast out. And also on June 1st, we have to do our June Excitometer. So <laughs> maybe we'll split it into three episodes where one, we talk about the movies, one, we talk about the TV, and then on June 1st, we'll have the Excitometer. Sounds great. Thank you, Craig, for the production assistance. And thank you to John Welsh for our intro and outro music. Subscribe so you know every time we post an episode, especially this week, if we're going to put out three other ones. I hope you're listening and you love us. Hey, listen at 2x speed if you need to. That's what we all do. Uh, feel free to write a nice review. Follow us on all the socials at Talk Intent and email us at talkintent at gmail.com. From our living room to yours, what do you want to watch?